Tennessee now knows that uh, Nico, instead of Joe Milton, will take the start. So I want to ask you, uh, we're going to reset today's stuff questions on our YouTube page. Please vote. So here, uh, here's what I think of Nico's Heisman chances. Number one, in the bag, needs some help. Number three, long shot. Number four, I'm going to make not going to happen. That could be for another uh, number of reasons. One, that you don't like the Heisman Trophy because of what it did to Johnny Majors and what it did to Peyton Manning. So I'm going to leave that open. You know, so I did that broad, Caleb. And the other uh, would be not going to happen just because he's a first-year starter. So I didn't I didn't paint myself in a corner to help me with your voting because I think people are going to be excited. So go on there right now. As we now know, again, if you're just tuning in, that Nico will be your starter. The Joe Milton era is extremely over. Um, things that undermine Joe Milton, one that we don't talk about a lot is Alex Golish. Um, should we talk more about that before we get into Nico's Heisman chances in 2024? No, because Alex Golish was offensive coordinator when we saw Joe Milton start in 2021, and he wasn't good when he started for Alex Golish. I mean, Joe Milton is just who we thought he was, who we, Joe Milton is who everybody was concerned he was at the end of the Orange Bowl last year. And so I, I don't think Alex Golish was going to change all of that. People are going to tout Alex Golish played Alabama close because he only lost by two touchdowns. He lost 17 to three. Alex Golish is an offensive mind. And it was the defense that kept that game close. It's because Alabama couldn't figure out who their quarterback was going to be. So and they just beat a Syracuse team that's undergoing massive changes. So I don't necessarily put it. Guys, this is Josh Heupel's offense. Josh Heupel didn't have Alex Golish when he went undefeated at UCF in 2018. He didn't have Alex Golish when he was offensive coordinator at Missouri and Drew Locke set every SEC record in the books in 2016 and 2017. This is Josh Heupel's offense, not Alex Golish's. Well, so that sets us up perfectly. So you think that uh, Tennessee can have a monster year offensively and given these options, where do you stand? Because they're on our YouTube page right now. Uh, here is what I think of Nico's Heisman chances. In the bag gets 22%. Uh, needs some help gets 42%. Long shot 32%. Not going to happen gets 5%. Uh, where would you be in that? Don't say in the bag. Sure you don't want me to say in the bag? Because I was going in the bag. I was going in the bag, guys. I'm staking everything. Guys, bet everything you have on Nico winning the Heisman. Bet your house. Do it. Do it. But don't you, you don't get to sue me if he doesn't win the Heisman and you bet your house. I take yes, no responsibility. Yeah, we're going to have um, a, a T. Scott Jones of Banks and Jones is going to be called with, I got this Caleb guy on YouTube telling me to bet my house on Nico, and now I've got a problem. What should I do? There's we are not, going. we at Off the Hook are not responsible for money you lose betting, regardless of the advice we give you. But bet the house on Nico winning the Heisman. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious, guys. This is in the bag. This, guys, Dave is trying to shake his head. I was picking Nico to win the Heisman anyway. Dave was telling me that, you know, one of the big things in the cap is you need some hype going into the year. And that was his one reservation on Nico next year was Nico wouldn't have the hype going into the year. Well, now he's starting the Citrus Bowl. So tell me he's not going to have a chance to generate the hype going into next year. What happens, Dave, if Nico goes out and throws for like six touchdowns against Iowa? I think it helps your argument tremendously, and I actually think that's going to happen. I've said all along that I thought Tennessee's best chance to win was with Nico in the Citrus Bowl, not Joe. I haven't said that's try to incite any debate. 
I just think he's considerably better from what I've been told. I understand this is first game time, real atmosphere, but I'm telling you, Tennessee is better off. Uh, they have a better chance of winning against a very, very good Iowa defense who's going to be caught unaware by how talented Nico is. So it does help your argument because let's not say 380 because this is a very good defense, but this is also an SEC offense. It's going to have a speed advantage at the skills no matter what. So I will tell you this, it helps your argument a great matter because some stupid Heisman voters are going to need some hype heading into the season. I think they're going to get that in tune of about 260 to 280 yards passing. Uh, it's going to be, I believe, highly efficient. I think you're going to be talking about an 18 out of 26 passing top of day. I don't think you're going to see turnovers. I think he's going to play really, really well. And I think you guys are going to see why <clears throat> I've been one of those guys that said I'd probably make the transition sooner rather than later. But he doesn't have to throw for 300 against his offense to have a fantastic day against uh, or against his defense, have a fantastic day against Iowa. I mean, you could throw for 300 yards and have one of the best days of any quarterback in bowl play, right? Yeah, easily. And for those who don't know, sometimes the Citrus, the Citrus Bowl has been the catalyst for a Heisman campaign in the past. Peyton Manning's 97 Heisman campaign came after he threw for a bowl game record 408 yards against Northwestern in the 97 Citrus Bowl. You probably remember that one, Dave, yes. where Manning just went off. Um, I am a little bit different from you in only in the sense of I don't think Iowa's defense has been tested at all, particularly um through the air um because you think Nico could have a big day okay let's let's talk about the two uh let's talk about the two decent power five teams iowa played this year and they played two that actually have any sort of offense that was penn state and michigan now neither threw for 200 yards but dave penn state and michigan aren't passing pass oriented teams you watch michigan this year with um jj mccarthy Let's be honest, J.J. McCarthy were asked to actually run an offense in a pass-oriented offense. Michigan wouldn't be good. He's asked to hand the ball off and watch, right? He's the most game-manager quarterback ever of a power team in college football in recent years. So do we not think that, again, this is going to be the first offense that he's faced where the quarterback that's actually good and the quarterback is actually the feature of the offense at the power five level. I don't think I'll... And by the way, they did lose 31 to nothing to Penn State. They lost 26 to nothing to Michigan. So uh, I'm just wondering, are we sure? I don't think – I'm just going to say it. Um, I don't think Iowa's and, – and no, I'm not trying to do it because of their race because I saw it was brought up earlier. I've watched Iowa play. I don't think their cornerbacks are fast enough to guard Tennessee's receivers. I just don't. And probably not. The, I mean, this has the feel that you're going into it with two name programs on entirely different levels. Don't get me wrong. But like the Michigan – Remember the Michigan-Tennessee 2001 Citrus Bowl where Tennessee just yes. ran past, just was intrinsically, organically, whatever word you want to use, naturally faster than Michigan. It has a setup for that feel. It also had a setup, and I was going to share this today. It had a setup for a dud um, bowl game for, for, I thought, Tennessee's players as well as its, as its fans. I didn't think Tennessee was going to travel great to Orlando. Still probably won't travel great. I don't know that people are, are changing their opinions completely based off of the Joe Milton announcement. And again, if you're just joining this, Joe Milton announced uh, via on three and now confirmed in multiple spots 
that he will not participate in the bowl game. I thought it was going to be a dud game for Tennessee, partly because they weren't sure, sure who their quarterback should be. I thought that was a factor. So now you don't have that factor in there. I think you've got a good week. I think Tennessee would have been better off if they knew 10 days ago that Joe Milton wasn't playing, but they at least know now. And they at least know with a full game week to get under their belt. And I think Nico will, will play incredibly well. But since we have gone down the path of whether or not he'll win a Heisman, I just don't think he's going to have that opportunity when you look at the the number of contenders for next year. And Caleb's not saying this is uh, uh, Skip Bayless' uh, way to get clicks or opinions. He he really believes this. I ask him off the air. So um, that that's that's pretty strong. I mean, he's not joking. Uh, by the way, so, oh, I thought somebody said they already put 150 on it. I'm not putting any money on Nico for Heisman, but it depends on the odds. Maybe a hundred dollars. If it's uh, twenty five thousand, if it's twenty five to one, like it probably will be with futures odds. Man, put that money down. Throw it. Throw it down. Okay. Um, throw it all down. Nico will be. And, and guys, I, I'm going to bring up a history thing real quick. And I'm not trying to do a shameless plug. I touch on this with my SEC bias video history that have that I dropped a couple of days ago. The concept that look, '97 was a unique year where yes voters had a bias in which they chose Charles Woodson because as you talked about Dave people were just resentful of the season long hype behind Peyton Manning I don't think there is I, I'm just going to say this and Dave am I crazy you worked at ESPN do voters really have a specific hatred to Tennessee like oh I just can't let Tennessee have a Heisman I don't think voters are thinking that way I think there's so many that doesn't mean they get the Heisman right all the time that doesn't mean they're not going to screw Tennessee players out of the Heisman but I don't think they have a secret smoke-filled room agenda to make sure a Tennessee player never wins the Heisman, guys. Okay, I think 97, there were other factors involved that led to Charles Woodson winning the Heisman. Um, it, the, you know, the media had grown bored with the favorite winning every year. That just happened to be the year. So I I don't think Nico, I don't think playing at Tennessee will be the reason Nico doesn't win the Heisman next year. Is that fair to say, Dave? Yeah, I don't think that's the reason at all. I think it's been a bad situation twice and, and that Tennessee hasn't won the Heisman and should have with uh, majors, and particularly Manning. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know everything, a single thing about what went into the majors issue, but Manning should have won the Heisman. There's no question about it. So, um, And I think that Hooker not getting an invite that Roger points out, or David, he's got two first names, so I'm not sure. Um I think that was partly due to injury and he would have been invited. He would have been one of the guys that was going to be invited to the Heisman finalist ceremony had he not gotten hurt against South Carolina. So I don't think there's any sort of bias there. I mean, why would you take a guy that was borderline to make it anyway, a borderline to win it? I don't know why you would take a guy at that point. So, all right, Caleb. So the question I wanted to uh, dive into now, is there more or less pressure for, uh, for Nico as he starts the as he starts the the Citrus Bowl. I mean, there's a ton of pressure for him, isn't there? It's the reverse of last year. Remember, we went into last year's Orange Bowl not believing in Joe Milton, and all the players were kind of just telling us they were saying, "We know Joe Milton's going to ball out. We know he's going to play well. Y'all don't know what you're watching." And then Joe Milton shocked us all. We're going into this one thinking Nico's the future. And we're ready, and everybody's ready to see him 
put up, you know, Peyton Manning like numbers in his first game. I mean, I'm not saying that's fair, but I think the pressure on Nico is through the roof. And here's the other point. It's a great test for Nico because of that. Because what we saw with Joe Milton is Joe Milton actually can perform well when nobody's expecting anything of him. And it there's a lot less pressure, honestly, when you're not expected to do well. Nico's coming in and everybody's going to expect him to do well next year no matter what. So this is a chance for him to show what he can do with expectations. And I think we sometimes... I think we sometimes underrate expectations. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, or a clutch team with expectations. You know, everybody says Tom Brady was a more clutch quarterback than Peyton Manning. But Dave, for most of his career, Tom Brady operated with less pressure than Peyton, right? Because Tom Brady didn't have the expectations of being great. He was a six-round draft pick. And whereas Peyton Manning immediately was expected to always be great. I say the same. People said for years LeBron wasn't clutch in the NBA, but it's like, the guy was considered the greatest generational prospect from ninth grade. He was expected to be great. No one dealt with that kind of pressure ever. Nico's dealing with that type of pressure at Tennessee's level, as opposed to Joe Milton, who was not dealing with that type of pressure going into last year. And once that type of pressure came down on him, he didn't necessarily live up to it. This is a great test, right? To see how you handle expectations, because I think everybody's already expecting Nico. I am. I've already said it. I'm expecting Nico to, to finish his career as the greatest statistical quarterback in the history of Tennessee football. 